3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, presented to you by the Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for over 20 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about social enterprises as an avenue for social change. We would like to welcome uh, Pablo Jimenez to the programme today. Pablo has extensive experience setting up and running local social enterprises. Mm. So welcome, Pablo. First, a bit of background about social enterprises. What is a social enterprise anyway? Well, according to a new report from the UK called Hidden Revolution, social enterprises are pretty diverse, but they do have four things in common. One, an enshrined primary social or environmental mission. Two, they direct all their surpluses towards that mission. All their surpluses. Three, they are independent of government, which I think is very important. And four, they primarily earn income through trading, selling goods or services. Another report hot off the press from the UK called Capitalism in Crisis? Question mark. I probably would do, with the quest- do away with the question mark, but anyway. <laughs> State of Social Enterprise Survey 2019. It has a good description. Social enterprises are businesses that trade in order to tackle the, sh- the challenges we face in society. They make their money selling goods and services in markets, using their business and their profits to improve society and protect the planet. Mm -hmm. So both reports describe a thriving and very successful social enterprise movement in the UK, which we'll have to talk about more in another program, because today we really want to hear from Pablo about what is happening locally from his own experience. So firstly, Pablo, can you tell us a bit about how you got into social enterprises in the first place and also a bit about your following journey along with the local social enterprise movement, if I can call it that? Thanks, Jennifer. Um, I guess my first, I I had a really strong commitment to social justice uh, from my teens, really. Um, I might blame Catholic education, but, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you you know, I've ended up being an atheist, so they they didn't catch me in the end. Um, But, but really committed to to social justice. And um, I thought the best way to do that in, 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 when I when I was at uni was to um, work in the legal legal system and looking at seeking justice for people through the legal system. So I did that for many years, working co- community legal centres from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, mental health legal centre and a whole range of other ones. And um, I guess I was doing that work. And then I, I was also doing while at university some activism type work and around anti militarism and, and indigenous solidarity. And from the work with around indigenous solidarity, I had an opportunity to attend the. Uh, the first uh, um, gathering against neoliberalism and for humanity being held by um, the Zapatistas in Mexico, uh, in the jungles of uh, southern Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I, I ended up spending two months in Mexico and spending quite a lot of time in, in very small indigenous communities. Oh. And what I learned there that 
um, was that because they had taken up arms against the Mexican state um, and were mm -hmm. surrounded by the Mexican army, they had to set up a whole social economy. Um, so they set up schools, they set up medical centers, craft cooperatives, food cooperatives to actually support themselves because they had no other option. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I was inspired by that and came back to Australia after that trip and decided that I would try to do something around that social and economic participation and mm -hmm. Um, so decided with a group of friends who include um, my 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 wife mm -hmm. now it wasn't my wife then um, <laughs> uh, a, f a friend called Con Carapanagetidis mm -hmm. who's now the CEO of the Asylum mm -hmm. Seeker Resource mm -hmm. Centre and his sister Nola who's also um, yeah a barrister so we set up this little we decided that we would set up this little f food cooperative kind of thing called Grasslands and so I spent some time at Friends of the Earth which is down the road here from the 3CR studios mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. Smith Street it wasn't at that time I think oh no it was then okay. and it, they had mm -hmm. some time in Brunswick so I did some work experience there learned how to set up and the FOVE Food Cooperative, what it does is funds all its act, um, activist activities, all its campaigns. So it pays the bills. And so I wanted to do something mm -hmm. similar, but with a focus on broader social issues, not just mm -hmm. environmental. Not to say FOVE does that, because FOVE does a whole range of different things now. Um, so, yeah, we set up this thing called Grasslands. It was an organic mm -hmm. fruit and veg mm -hmm. shop. We also had a, a meeting space people could use, a bookshop that people could buy things and, let, and borrow from. And actually, um, that's... One of the ways I got to know Borderlands in that mm -hmm. we it was around the same time in mm -hmm. 1996 I think Borderlands Seven, yeah. mm -hmm. came a bit later. We we had discussions because we both had uh, mm -hmm. spaces with for people to meet, for people to organise, for people to read, mm -hmm. um, and so we had we had those kind of discussions. And so Grasslands, I guess its purpose was around generating um, projects for innovative community projects. Mm -hmm. It was around the Kennedy era. So mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of small groups losing a lot of money. So one of the things we did was effectively uh, uh, help fund the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, we paid their rent, we provided food, um, and Con went off and, and focused on, on, on setting that up. And um, I think we gave away about $70,000 in three mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And we're talking uni students mm. at uni, maybe wow. working part-time. This was, um, but what we found out a few years later, going, well, this is not working. Why can't we pay the bills? So we we, we brought, brought in a bookkeeper and the bookkeeper told us, actually, what you're doing is borrowing money and giving it away. So then oh, I spent the next six years. Which is a good practice, <laughs> no. No. So this is one of the challenges of social enterprise, which I can talk a bit later. But um, yeah, so, so I guess even the term social enterprise wasn't, Mm -hmm. really being use used in, in, mm. in Australia oh, at that really? time, even though it was coined in, mm. in the in, in the UK in the, in the 70s. Mm. And yeah. like, but, it, you know, I always say um, social enterprise isn't is anything new. People have been mm. trading for a social purpose mm. for millennia. Uh, even in Australia, we've had um, formalised um, uh, businesses as such, like cooperatives and, and mutuals, mutuals mm -hmm. of course. that have been doing this for, for hundreds of years. So mm. it's not, nothing new. It's been almost rebranded. but Yeah, and um, it's seen as something novel now. So yeah. over the last 20 years, what's been your journey with since that time? What's been your journey with social enterprises yeah. and what changes or trends have you noticed? So I guess, yeah, I kind of um, was fairly early on in the scene and there was very little support for enterprises. So you just did things and made lots of mistakes and learned mm -hmm. from them, mm -hmm. hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I ran 
I was involved in coordinating grasslands till about 2006, so for mm-hmm. about a 10 year period. So, paid back mm. all the debt we incurred, all well, this, that's, that 70,000. That's so, not a small thing, and I suppose. All, <laughs> no. And all the contributions that you made in the meantime. Yeah. I guess. And so, that I would work part time and do this part time, and there were a group of volunteers, you know, uh, other mm-hmm. people involved mm-hmm. there as well. Um, and so, I helped it become a formal cooperative for, for the first 10 years. Mm. It traded in kind of. Um, it, it was a not-for-profit, but but not registered or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we formalised and became it became a cooperative. I took a year out. It was have mm-hmm. a break or have a breakdown uh-huh. um, because I, I was working. By that time, I'd also had gone over to the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre and set up their catering service. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a big success, I should say, the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre. The fact that it's still going and flourishing. Yeah, and it's you know to to the leadership of Connor and, and the, the contributions of thousands and thousands mm, of yeah, people. Of so, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so really, really proud of, of that, of that, uh, that, that work initially. And so I guess I, I took a year out, then came back to Australia and there was an amazing opportunity. Enterprise had become really a popular mm-hmm. thing. So yeah. I worked at the Brotherhood of St. Lawrence in mm-hmm. their community enterprise development yes. initiative. Uh-huh. And that's where we were. We were, went out to low-income communities across Victoria, mainly public housing estates. Um, and we worked mm-hmm. with those communities mm-hmm. to work out, okay, is there a social problem in your community that an enterprise might help might help deal with? And so we worked with hundreds of community groups mm-hmm. and people you know, um, hundreds of community groups to help them develop their enterprises. So, I've, yeah, and then I then um, the that work was completed and um, and uh, a new organisation called Social Traders was set up. And mm-hmm. so I then went off to work for a large, large charity. So mm-hmm. I, I saw the other end of enterprise yeah, as well. You obviously have a wealth of information to, um, that you've learnt along your journey with social enterprises. Mm. Uh, we'll go to a song now. I was going to ask you, Pablo, um, why you chose your song, but I think it speaks for itself. From little things, big things grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. So, so it's obviously happened. Oh, well, let's get this in one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we we'll get it spot on. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Gather round people, I tell you a story, an eight year long story, power and pride, the British Lord Festive, the Vincent Lingari, were opposite men on opposite sides. Vestie was fat, with money and muscle, beef was his business, broad was his door. Vincent was lean, spoke very little He had no bank balance, our dirt was his floor From little things, big things grow From little things, big things grow Gurinji were working, nothing but rations once they had gathered the wealth of the land Daily depression got tighter and tighter Gurinji decided they must make a stand They picked up their swags and started off walking At Waddy Creek they sat themselves down Now it don't sound like much 
But it sure got tongues talking back at the homestead and then in the town. From little things, big things grow. pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 0394198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking with Pablo Jimenez and his work in setting up local and other and more and more networks of social enterprises. Pablo, what do you see as the value of social enterprise? You already pointed at it a couple of times. And what do they contribute to that mainstream businesses and the community sector itself can't deliver? Or, and I don't like the word deliver, really, but let me say, let me call it do. Mm. And I'll use a word that you might not like either. It's very, very now. Um, <laughs> it, they deliver outcomes and impact mm, um, yes. in, very, in a very different way. Um, one of the reasons government might like social enterprise is that they, you know, they might argue that every every community organisation, every program should be a social enterprise, which mm. I don't believe that should mm. be the case. Um, uh, but they do have the capacity to do things in a different way because they're, they're self-reliant. Mm. They don't, mm. you know, they do often receive uh, funding to get going, to get mm -hmm. seeded. But if they were to, to survive, they need to be self-reliant. And mm. so... Mm. Um, I guess they're, they're not subject to go um, government policy, obviously, and no. regulation. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the independence is a really big issue. They can do and say as they please. Look, you know, and I guess going back to the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre, um, as everyone knows, it, it says and does what it what, what it wants because only a very small portion of their funding comes from government, and that's mm -hmm. um, and I think that concept of being independent, but it, it makes you think differently. Like, um, you know, um, you could run a, a program. To, to help people who are socially included and it might be um, you, they come and share a meal uh, mm -hmm. as a food mm -hmm. which is a really positive thing mm -hmm. you know people can come to but a social enterprise might grab that idea and say cool you know there's social inc exclusion there why don't we set up a um a service where actually the service users get trained up mm -hmm. in how to cook mm -hmm. the food mm -hmm. how to engage with people um and 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 deliver that as as mm. as, as, mm. as a social enterprise and it mm. might be that you continue use delivering a free food mm -hmm. uh, sort of soup kitchen or whatever you want to mm -hmm. call it but you then have a catering arm that generates income that funds that activity for mm -hmm. example so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it just allows people to think you're forced. You've got mm -hmm. no option. You've yes. got to survive. So you've got to work out ways. What is the most efficient, effective way you can deliver this? Um, so it can and it, it can really force you to do that. And so, um, yeah, I, th I think it just um, it, it gets you in that space where you have to really be innovative and creative. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, there's probably, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever idea, whatever, whatever thing you, you might come up with, we've got a social problem here. There is a potential for a social enterprise yeah. to assist in, in, mm-hmm. in, um, delivering against yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Mm. Though I think you did point out that not every welfare or community program but can be converted. Mm. It's not sensible to convert everything into yeah, and shouldn't, a community and shouldn't enterprise. Because it would take away the role of the state, uh, the legitimate our, role of mm. the state of taking care of, of its people. And using mm. our communal exactly. taxes for mm-hmm. good purpose. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I suppose, Pablo, from your experience, what are some of the challenges? You have spoken a little bit about mm. this, but what are some of the challenges and also enablers for social enterprises in general, what are the things that they come up against that enable them or impede them? I guess um, the smaller enterprises um, just have the challenge of uh, you know lack of resources, lack of information on how to do social enterprise. Mm. Um, it's hard enough running a business, a small business, which effectively most social enterprises are. There's not many large, you know, very large ones with thousands of employees, um, though though there are, but there's not many. Um, so I guess the the issue around yeah how do you how do you set it up how do you run it it's hard enough like I said running a, a small business um, uh, you know just to, to make ends meet and then you add another layer of complexity in that okay not only do you have to run a business you then have to deliver on a social cultural mm. or environmental, environmental purpose, purpose. and mm. so that even complicates it further so yeah the lack of um, lack of sort of resources, funding, knowledge, mm. knowledge on how to do it. That's yeah, changed over yeah. time, but there's still a lot a lot of way to go. There are organisations like the one I mentioned before, Social Traders, who um, do, do support, but they're also directed by government. There's a social enterprise strategy here in Victoria yes. and um, that they're focused on employment-related enterprise and not everyone mm-hmm. wants to mm-hmm. create employment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and, and they generally only assist organisations that are already mm-hmm. operating. So for new starts, mm-hmm. it can be quite difficult. There's a new, a new network for mm-hmm. practitioners mm-hmm. called the Social Enterprise Network of Victoria. So it'll be interesting to see that's only set up this yeah. year that what where it will go and what it will be able to deliver. But but being able, you know, so there's the lack of knowledge. You can do a business course, which is what I did. I did a certificate in small business before I set it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can do that, but it's not mm. not really purpose. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm getting the impression there are a lot more resources in the UK around this sort of resourcing yeah, and support. Mm. Yeah, there's mm. many. But like I said, we, we have really excited because I've, I've met a lot of people from the UK and they come here and go, what you do is just as amazing as what we do in the UK and probably in a different in, um, political mm-hmm. environment and, and policy environment. You, um, you're you just on a smaller less scale. Environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Less supportive environment. Yeah, and they're less supportive. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. I think they're the, the, the kind of challenges. And then um, not every not every idea is going to work as well. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's always going to be mm-hmm. a challenge is mm-hmm. that um, you might, you might have to what what they call now pivot. So you might be going in a particular direction around your enterprise, and suddenly say, "Well, actually, we can't be sustainable there, or we're not going to deliver great outcomes mm. there. Let's pivot and go mm. another way." Mm. <clears throat> so you mm. you have to be responsive mm. to feedback yeah. into yeah. what's working. Mm. You can't be rigid. Have no. a management plan and say, yeah. "This is what we're doing for the next zonk years," which is what politicians and also are look at the do. particular context. That's what the difference between UK is. You know, they have a different welfare state mm. to the one which we've got here. Yeah. And I think that that interacts with what you do in the social enterprise area. Yeah, and they have like the housing mm. is a big issue. You know, yes. housing, the, the social housing in the UK is on steroids compared to what's yes. in Australia. And so, and, and that you mean that in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. <laughs> so maybe not steroids. They're, 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 uh, they're full of uh, some great, Vibrancy. great nitri- <laughs> nutritional yeah. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, but sometimes on steroids as well, but some of them are, are <laughs> probably too big. But, but but they also have facilitated, the more interesting ones have facilitated the development of social enterprise, especially in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Scotland yes, is, right. is probably very mm. similar to Victoria mm-hmm. in size and some, um, you know, they, they've got a lot of regional smaller communities mm. as well. And so mm. a lot of the interesting stuff actually is happening in, in regional remote mm-hmm. areas where people yeah. have no choice. No choice. A bit like how I started on this journey you know, we've indigenous communities in the middle of a jungle mm-hmm. that there's there's limited choices. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 3CR is a community radio license holder. What you hear on community radio is governed by the community radio codes of practice. The codes of practice cover matters relating to program content, including local content, news, current affairs, Australian music, programs for children, and the responsibilities associated with broadcasting by and for the community. They also cover aspects such as community access and participation in the operation of this station. Copies of the code are available from the 3CR website. Go to 3CR au forward slash who we are. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. You're listening to Think Again, as I said, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, for those who still don't know, 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking with Pablo Jimenez and his work in setting up and running local social enterprises. So for finally, before we leave this program, Pablo, can you tell us a bit about what you're currently working on? I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a bit of contract work. So the beauty of, yeah... Um, I guess I have no, just to say, apart from that certificate, which wasn't even a credit, I have no formal qualifications. I've been to uni but never completed it. So, I think two years at uni? Yeah, yeah I've mm. done three or four years at uni, but too busy doing actual community work on the ground that mm-hmm. never finished mm-hmm. anything. But um, but over time, I think I felt I've done like a doctorate in social enterprise. Yeah. And so I love being able to go to organisations mm-hmm. and to individuals that are setting up enterprising and, and you know, share my experiences and mm-hmm. really talk about the failures more often mm-hmm. than the successes mm-hmm. yeah. because people don't it's 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 very um, because social enterprise it's sort of it's a sales technique like yeah. you mm-hmm. it, it's very popular you've got to do this you've got to do that you know so social enterprise will solve the world's problems but people don't actually talk about the, mm-hmm. the challenges which would seem to be essential yeah, for survival so, exactly yeah. so yeah so um I'm working on a few things, but one an idea that I'm developing is an enterprise called uh, Collective Impact Loop, um, and it's trying to deal with two kind of problems. And normally, I wouldn't encourage people to try to do two things with an enterprise; mm-hmm. just focus on one. But one is that um, you know, uh, 500 million kilograms of clothing or textiles end up in landfill each year. Mm. About five percent of landfill it's is incredible. textiles. So looking at a way to reclaim as much mm-hmm. of that as possible and actually have put it to use here in Australia, a lot of it get, do, does get sent overseas. Um, and so, but also my passion is around small supporting, as I did with with the work at Grassland, small community groups that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that are just starting out. And so the idea is how do you reclaim those 
those textiles generate income that can then be provided to small and, and innovative community mm-hmm. um, projects. And so I'm working on that is and just testing, develop, doing a lot of the planning. Mm-hmm. So that it might take a year, it might take three years, it might take five years. I'm just mm-hmm. slowly chipping away. And mm-hmm. the idea is, yeah, how... So I've done a few pilots like... Okay. So can you give an yeah, some yeah. example? So I'm, I'm testing kind of ideas. So one of them, for example, is going to a school and saying, I've done this at my, my son's local school and... Um, saying to them, look, I'll collect the clothes from you. I'll, I'll give the school uh, an amount of money per kilogram that I collect. Um, but rather than just giving that money to the school, I've said, actually, um, what I've, do- I've got a partnership with a fair trade um, mm-hmm. a fair trade importer of of, of, of uh, balls, sporting mm-hmm. balls. Mm-hmm. And so I spoke to the, the teacher at the school and that was one of the issues that they have that they turn over quite a few. They, they buy really mm-hmm. ordinary mm-hmm. plastic Balls, balls or whatever yeah. and that are probably made in unethical ways and so i've, I've partnered with a group called etico who mm-hmm. um, yes, have know. a have mm-hmm. another a brand called jinta and so they do fair trade balls made with organic rubber in a fair trade factory mm. and so whatever money that, that, that i'm going to pay the school will go as a credit to that organization mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. then talking to other other uh, like kindergartens like kindergartens who might want to bring in um uh, First Nations kind mm-hmm. of educational material, mm-hmm. uh, but they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Like there's these mm-hmm. beautiful um, dolls that have um, um, that, that that have um, you know that have um, got a- Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander um, dolls basically, wow. and, but they cost sixty dollars each. But yeah. they're gorgeous little balls. They wouldn't dolls. They wouldn't normally buy them. Um, and so with the kindergarten, mm-hmm. I might the money would might go to that project. So it's around mm. how can we look at ways of getting this clothing mm-hmm. rather than going mm-hmm. to landfill and then drawing out the value of that mm-hmm. but to, to have a broader benefit. Yeah. Um, create so, create virtuous, virtuous yeah. cycles. Yeah, and that's the loop. So I'm working on that idea at the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. I just Very mentioned also the, uh, the the research showed that the lifespan of social enterprise is not much longer really than normal companies. Like uh, in five years, probably ninety percent go bust, mm-hmm. or they go out of business or whatever. Uh, just the difference also and the There's similarities. More at stake, I suppose, yeah, and the similarities people. with cooperatives uh, like the socially oriented cooperatives. So we feel very much like with Borderlands, we're sort of like a social enterprise price without using that name really mm. so thanks for listening to think again on 3cr community radio with jacques boulet and jennifer borel and our guest for today pablo jimenez remember if you do want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program you can email borderlands borders at borderlands.org.au just put think again in the subject line mm. and we are gradually making our past programs available through podcasts Mm -hmm, on the 3CR website. Mm -hmm. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.